What up, y'all? It's your girl, Willow Bean, and welcome to another episode of the New Teacher Bootcamp Podcast, where I am your host. This is going to be a safe space for new and veteran teachers to learn from my mistakes. So let's get into it. This week's episode is sponsored by yours truly. That's right, Willow Bean. And I am showcasing my book, Take Back Your Life from Fear to Freedom. It's available on Amazon. Get your copy today. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, y'all. All All right, let's get down to business. Sorry, your girl's a little raspy. I've been coaching this week. Weather's been changing. So you're now tuned in to the grown sounds. (laughs) Nah, just kidding. No, but seriously, y'all, I want to talk about this week behavioral interventions um i kind of hinted to it weeks ago when we were talking about rules and consequences but um this week i was really inspired to talk about some behavioral interventions because as a new teacher it would be ideal if students just came to learn you know you there to teach they're there to learn but sometimes their behaviors can be a little out of pocket right a little disrespectful and how do you manage that you know how do you manage a child's behavior without losing your cool even if you are disrespected so we're gonna hop into that we're gonna unpack that a little bit and here we go so this past week i was dealing with a student well first and foremost this young lady you know she's dealt with some trauma recently her brother had passed um and we as a teacher as a teacher community we understand that and we're very understanding to our students um because we've dealt with students who've been in you know high poverty situations students who have lost parents, siblings, you know, been homeless. We deal with a lot of stuff in education, right? So this particular young lady um, been through a lot this past summer, but knowing that does not give you an excuse to mistreat people around you. We understand we get it, but that doesn't cause for disrespect. So here's a scenario. Uh, we're clearing the hall. It's breakfast time. You know, we're asking people to go to class, make sure they go to their flex, which is like their first period, um, you know, Telling this young lady, you know, can you please go to class is what another teacher is telling her. I'll come up and, you know, I said, can you you just please go to class? Well, I can't because I got ISC, which is in school detention. Okay, cool. But until you can go there, just please go to your flex block. You know, copping the attitude, being loud, all that jazz. Depending on the relationship you build with your students is going to depend on how you respond. I could have went off ask who she's talking to and just put her back in her place as a child's place right because that's how I would respond to an adult and this there are some kids that have responded to like that but let me be clear when a student steps into an adult position I let them know that hey this ain't the conversation you want to have with me because I'm gonna let you have it from an adult perspective since you think you've grown you know I have nieces and nephews and even my kid I'm not gonna tolerate disrespect from anybody's kid on the other half of that, you know, I'm talking to administration and administration, like, you know, my seventh grade admin didn't write this young lady up because these conversations keep having, you know, regardless of what you're going through. And I get it. Middle school is going to be impulsive. They're going to say what comes to the top of their mind, but you don't have to be disrespectful to those who are trying to help you. And I try to use a lot of positive language with my students you know, please be quiet. Please shut up. (laughs) Please just do what they ask me to do so we can avoid this conflict. I'm not telling them to run. I'm not telling them to be punks. I'm just saying that some stuff ain't worth fighting, right? Well, in that situation, like I said, I had multitudes of options, but 
the road that I chose, I chose to document the conversation and the referral. Because my non-negotiable is, as a teacher, I'm always going to have your back and I'm always going to look out for you because I know what it's like to be a student and have adults look out for me and I want to pass it on, you know, like passing the torch. But I'm not going to tolerate disrespect. You don't have to shout at me. You know, you don't have to yell, stomp your foot, any of those things. You don't have to, you know, clap your hands together when you're talking to me. You don't have to take it that far. We can just have a conversation because I'm very straightforward. I'm going to tell you what behavior I don't like. I'm going to ask you to change it. I'm going to give you options, right? So in that moment, I chose peace. <laughs> Choose peace. We're protesting. Choose peace. <laughs> nah, but I chose peace and I told this young lady, look, my non-negotiable for real is just being disrespected by a kid. I feel like we all go through stuff and you could tell me, oh, I had a bad morning. I ain't eat breakfast, whatever the conversation is. But the reality is me as a grown person, if I came in here and yelled at you, fussed at you because I had a bad day and took out all my frustration on you, I'd be in the wrong and you're in the wrong also. And that was hard for me initially teaching because me as a person, you know, I grew up, you know, very quiet, you know, trying not to cause any conflict, tried to stay out of the way for a lot of stuff. But as I got older, I understood I'm not trying to stir the pot, but I won't be disrespected. You're not going to walk all over me. So having your non-negotiables as a teacher is going to be important. You don't want to treat children like adults because they don't have that higher level of thinking, but you have to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. Mm, bars. <laughs> The next thing I want to do is apply an appropriate response. So that's going to be our step two. Apply an appropriate response. Again, I had a plethora of things that I could have used when dealing with this student. But because I know she's already gone through something and maybe hasn't processed it, she could have just been having a bad day. However, I wanted to document the conversation because if it comes up again, not I can say I have my paper trail, you know. As we talked about episodes ago about having your paper trail, it works for students too. You want to show your administration that you are doing your part in the classroom to prevent these behaviors. Um, so some of my behavioral interventions include changing a seat, you know, proximity. You might hear it a lot. Proximity, proximity, proximity. Just like location, location, location. We're talking about real estate. Proximity for a kid is separating them from where they're being the most disruptive and distracted. It could be sitting beside somebody they are not going to talk to or sitting beside you. And I can tell you now from experience, a child does not want to sit next to the teacher. Not by choice, especially if they know they're separated from people they want to talk to. And if we even take it a step back further, when I talked about, mm, excuse me, when I talked about the seating charts, I let kids pick their seats in my classroom. But my appropriate response to them when they get disruptive is to change your seat because I'm going to give you that warning to say, hey, look, I've asked y'all to stop talking, but you keep excessively talking while I'm giving instruction. I don't mind if they talk while they do their work. That doesn't bother me at all. But if I'm giving instruction, your conversation on the side is interfering someone else from hearing what I have to say. And no shade to anybody, but I hate repeating myself like, I'm not standing here wasting my time, wasting my breath just to keep hearing myself talk. I'm actually giving you tools and things you're going to need to pass my class. And that becomes ineffective if side conversations are being had. So you want to make sure you have an appropriate response. Another appropriate response is 
we have this thing called Hapara. If you don't have Hapara, please ask your, your district to get it. But Hapara is our online tool where we can monitor students' uh, internet activity. And I use it personally when I'm giving instruction and I tell kids, okay, you can have your Chromebooks out for the lesson, you know, whatever we got going on. But I will be monitoring your Chromebooks. For example, about a week ago, we were doing um, family life where the nurses come in and, you know, talk to kids about how their bodies are changing and just all the uncomfortable things that I personally as a teacher don't want to have to talk to them about. And the students are responsible for taking notes. They can do written notes or they can do digital notes. The only caveat with digital notes is you have to stay on target on tasks, right? So I had a lot of kids who were on games when they should have been taking notes. And with Hapara, when you click on your class, you can um, go over to the highlights tab and you can either pause each individual student screen or close out their tabs, or you can pause screens for the entire class. And I feel like that's an appropriate response for that because when I'm talking to a kid, I don't need you distracted with other stuff. I need you focused on what I'm giving you because, again, I'm not standing up here wasting my breath just to be talking to you or to hear myself talk. I'm actually giving you instruction that's going to be helpful. And the same applies when we have guest speakers come in or when we have nurses come in to teach family life. You want the children to be focused and on tasks. And I know some of the topics can be uncomfortable, but the appropriate response is always the best response. Um, and as my sister always tells me, you know, we can't make a logical decision when our emotions are flared. So the best way to respond to our students is to go with appropriate responses that are not triggered by emotion. So asking the students to be quiet is the appropriate response. Moving a seat, you know, proximity is the appropriate response. Freezing tabs on their screens is an appropriate response because you're giving them that warning and say, hey, this is a behavior that has become distractive or disruptive. If it continues, this is going to happen. And then, you know, there's levels to it. We talked about the consequences and how it goes from a verbal warning to like a loss of participation or time out or even moving a seat and even up to a phone call and then to a major referral. I'm following my system and it holds me accountable and holds the kids accountable too. Last but not least, um, we want to be consistent. And I know I talked about this in, in previous episodes, but consistency is key. Believe it or not, a lot of my students respect me as a teacher because I'm consistent. They know any day of the week, I'm going to say something crazy. You might catch me chasing them down the hallway. But when it comes to how I move, how I operate, consistency is what they see from me. So if I'm telling everybody to be quiet, that's what I mean. If I'm giving them opportunity to talk, I'm going to be quiet so I can hear you. You know, and consistency does create a level of respect because no one likes a person who's phony. And I can tell you, kids can identify people who are phony and they are not going to respond well to a person who comes across as a know-it-all or uh, shows them pseudo kindness because they're like, oh, you're phony, you're fake. You don't really care about me. You're just here to collect your check. Don't get me wrong. I've had my moments where I'm like, look, I'm just trying to come to work, do my job, go home. But when I'm consistent in my behavior, you know, my students appreciate that and they respect me more. So they know when they come in in the morning, they're going to hear me say, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, happy Monday, happy Friday, whatever day it is, um, you know, seven and eight grade up the steps, sixth grade down the PE hallway. I'm going to give them the same verbiage. Even if I'm mad with you, I'm not going to mistreat you because, you know, the whole golden rule doing to others, you would have them doing to you. I know that don't apply to them, but in some situations, kids always have, the perspective of adults just mistreating them 
based on what they got going on. Well, you know, I can never say what I need to say because the adult always going to shut me down. I don't care if we go toe to toe. You know what I'm saying? And as, I'm glad I said that because I had a situation where I did go toe to toe with a student. And she was like, you can stop yelling in my ear. And I'm like, and what you going to do about it? Oh, the cafeteria went quiet. I forget. No, that's I could tell you what she did. Now it's coming back to me. Two young girls were yelling back and forth in the cafeteria. And I'm telling both of them to shut up and be quiet and sit down somewhere. And she was like, you know, you yelling in my ear. And I said, what you going to do about it? Whole cafeteria goes quiet. I said, I'm not the one you want to go toe-to-toe with. You can step out. And when she came back after the cafeteria was clear, I said, now, why would you want to go toe-to-toe with me? You know, all I'm doing is looking out for the best interest of you all. Girls, of course. Y'all too beautiful of young ladies to be out here fighting. You too smart. I don't want to be here. I understand that. I don't want to be here some days either. But it was that relationship that I built. And from that moment forward, I've had that consistency of, you know, Coach Johns is going to say something crazy. You know she's the type to blow her whistle. You know she's the type to get loud. But at the core of Coach Johnson, she's going to have your back. She's going to be rooting for you. She's going to want the best for you. And that's who we are as teachers. We're the light in the darkness for people who feel like things are impossible, things are unachievable. You know, we're the cheerleader. We're the coach. We're the, the nurse. We're the counselor. We, we hold so many hats. But at the end of the day, when we're dealing with different people's behaviors, we got to remember we're not dealing with other adults. We're dealing with children who are not developed emotionally and may react before thinking, but it's our job to be the mature person in the conversation, even when we want to be petty and help them evolve beyond where they are. So just to recap, step one, you know, have your non-negotiables. Step two, set your appropriate responses to the students. And then of course, step three, be consistent. If all hearts and minds are clear, I'm out, y'all. I'll see you next week. And don't forget to subscribe.